0: hello and welcome to the film pulse podcast this is episode number 321 my name is adam patterson with me today we got kevin rakestraw hey kevin
1: hey how's it going hmm,
0: it's going pretty good
1: all right good this,
0: this week on the show we'll be reviewing laura steinel's family and hero mirai's *Quava island we'll also be taking a look at some of them watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters vod and blu-ray thank you so much for joining us Remember, you can help support Film Pulse on Patreon at patreon.com slash filmpulse for just a dollar a month. That'll be helping us out a great deal. I think we can jump into our first review. Let's let's jump into Guava Island first.
1: Yeah, let's get that out of the way.
0: Since that's coming out first. So this, as I mentioned, is directed by Hiro Mirai. I'm going to read the... <laughs> Do it. I'm going to read... Okay, so both synopsis. uh, The IMDb and the Letterbox synopsis here are the same, I believe. A tropical thriller that casts Donald Glover as a musician with designs on pulling off a scheme to rob his way into the good life, which quickly gets him in over his head. That's the synopsis.
1: I did not see that movie.
0: That is not... (laughs) That is... Completely false, except for the fact that Donald Glover is in it and he does play a musician
1: yeah it's it a- everything like, else is
0: incorrect
1: it seems like one of those things that like maybe when this film was first announced like early early stages, that was like the placeholder synopsis like hey, I think this is what this movie's about, and then that it's but it's not, and no one just at some point someone forgot to update it. Cause yeah. that's extremely misleading. The,
0: so this movie was kept under wraps for a really long time. It was just known as this secret project. There was not really a lot of information about it at all. And then earlier this week, they just more like, Hey, it's coming out. And it had a very, very slim sort of teaser like log line. But in that log line, nothing says anything about him robbing,
1: Mm-mm.
0: Anything at all. In yeah, fact, just... the the logline that came out, they said it was he plays a musician who's trying to have a party. Like that's yeah. that's what the like the one line synopsis said about this. So I don't know where they got any of this stuff. So stars Donald Glover, Rihanna, Letitia Wright, hey, Kevin. What did you think of Guava Island?
1: Wow, this is highly disappointing <laughs> because. Um, you know, I don't really understand why it was kept under raps and why like Rihanna is in it because when you get down to it, it's just, it's just like a music video, like extended music video with like weird transitions. Like they, like he's like, they try to have a story here and then they keep taking breaks to do like little performances, music video style. And it just, it it doesn't make sense to me. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to look at. But it, like, as an end product, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know what, what the yeah. point of this was.
0: Well, it's, I think that you can't really categorize this as anything. It's not necessarily a music experience. It's not like Lemonade. You know, Lemonade was this musical journey it's not really that because there's a there are significant chunks of this that don't have music it's not a feature film either because it comes in at 55 minutes so it's sort of just its own little thing it's like a a short musical i guess would be the best way to describe it i i came off really enjoying it i think that it started off stronger than it ended yeah, but I did like the the finale, uh, like the the whole. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but what happens at at the end? I I really enjoyed that. I liked the animated opening a lot. I will agree that Rihanna was uh, severely <laughs> underutilized in this. Like she she had like
1: maybe Nothing. a dozen
0: lines in the whole movie.
1: Yeah, and like. Even outside of that, she's not really given anything to do. She just kind of sits there.
0: I think that this movie would have benefited from a longer runtime because they could have, you know, uh elaborated on the the love story between the two of them cuz you know I mean, that they're I, in a relationship, but there's really no they don't really go anywhere with with it, their relationship.
1: Let's be honest. It doesn't feel like it. I have not for one minute that I think oh these guys have been in a long-term relationship. Right. Outside of them telling me that they were it's just they like they didn't really have chemistry together. Yeah. And, and but And then but, even like re- Letitia Wright, like she why I like no one's used. <laughs> it's just weird. I just think that there there wasn't enough.
0: There wasn't enough content here i i think that the building blocks are solid i will agree with you that i thought that it looked incredible Uh, i loved uh pretty much every every scene this was shot in cuba in secret yeah i mean it's
1: it's a wonderful location
0: yeah they went to this small village and just shot in around this this small village so it looks really gorgeous i liked all the music in it i like that this is sort of it's shot in cuba but it doesn't take take place in cuba it takes place in this this island called guava hence the title and i sort of like that it's almost this this like, mythical place that's it's not really you know it's uh it's in the modern world but it's also a, a fictional yeah. area yeah
1: which that was a nice a nice little bit of world building and i think points to what you said if if we had some more some more time here to develop because it, it was a nice bit of world building the only thing that kind of uh backfired though is duck glover with his like sometimes he has an accent mm-hmm. and then he doesn't at all like just just drops it completely and then he tries to like bring it back occasionally or yeah, (laughs) like he's all over the place.
0: Yeah. Accents all over the place in this movie. You hear some people speaking Spanish, other people speaking English, varying degrees of accents all over the place. And I don't know if that was an intentional thing, like for him to, if he was purposely dropping the accent or like what, if he was trying, if that was to reinforce the fact that this is sort of a, like a a fairy tale place yeah but i'm yeah i'm not sure but that was one thing i noticed very quickly
1: (laughs) it's kind of hard to (laughs) miss because when he first because he starts off strong with it and i was just you know my initial thought is oh no what are you doing and then he would drop it for stretches of time and it was like oh no what are you doing because this kind of makes it worse like it I'm happy that you you got rid of the accent you're not doing the accent anymore but now it's weird <laughs> <laughs> and then there was times where he would like even within a conversation with someone like he would have the accent and then the next time you know he responded to him he didn't and then he kind of had it but only on certain words it just it feels really um just feels really cobbled together. Like, just take your time. <laughs> I don't know what their schedule was, but it seems like they just rushed through this.
0: Yeah, in a lot of ways, this feels like an episode of Atlanta. Like this, they could have aired this as an episode of Atlanta, probably considering how experimental they like to get with that show. Yeah, they they could have easily done that, and I would have been fine with that. But. Presenting it as is, I just think there's, there's not quite enough here. Like the, the narrative, the plot of this is very bare bones. Like Donald Glover is this musician. He works in a factory and he's trying to throw a festival and the guy who owns the, the factory where pretty much everybody in the whole Island is employed he, he doesn't want him to have this because he's, he forces them to work seven days a week and he doesn't want them to miss Sunday because they were out partying on Saturday yeah. and he does, he does the concert anyway. And then a little bit more happens after that. But again, I really liked the, how it ended though. I thought that was.
1: Yeah. And I, (laughs) and not to, and I don't know if this is more so on me because I'm not really a childish Gambino fan. I don't really like his music too much. And I didn't like a lot of the music in this movie, but it seemed to work great when he took himself out of it. And it was just the people of the Island.
0: Hmm. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a big childish Gambino fan either. I didn't really like his last album, which is songs from this movie. Uh, yeah. But, but the, his, the, the rendition of this is America. I thought, was really cool how they did that with like the factory machines and stuff.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, that felt kind of weird too in that, like that moment has passed.
0: Right. I mean, like, if that this was a big mo- thing a while ago. Yeah. If this movie was released a year ago, you know, w- as a compliment to the album, I think that would make a little more sense, but Plus, we already have a really good music video for that song. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like a really good I mean, music video for that song.
1: Yeah. That was... The, it's, so that's what I mean, is the, when that... Because I'm, be, I'm slightly aware of his other music in which that I heard it and I turned it off because I don't like it. And so when the, This Is America starts up again, I'm just like, oh, we're just recycling... And then I came to realize that the other songs were from, Mm -hmm. you know, where it just, it it just feels like we're recycling things. It just felt, it felt, it feels odd on so many different levels as to why this exists as a thing.
0: I'll say that like at the beginning, within the first like 15 minutes of this, I was loving it. I was like, holy shit, this is, this is incredible. But then as it became clear, what what this was i was just like oh eh, it's a little disappointing then
1: yeah because especially the 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 animated sequence which i also enjoyed it kind of builds this up as you know this fictional place and it you know we're gonna go into this fairy tale or some sort and then it's just kind of no it's just glover rehashing childish gambino songs and you're like okay (laughs) did you have to do this elaborate. thing. Was this just an excuse to go to Cuba? I don't. I don't know I who think, this is for.
0: I, I think that part of it was an excuse to go to Cuba. <laughs> it had to be. It's, it's
1: understandable.
0: Which is totally understandable. Yeah, I read a. Little, I read an article in the New York Times about this, and they had mentioned that 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 they took an, an Adam Sandler approach and shot where they. In a place where they wanted to vacation.
1: Yeah. Get it. Totally understand. Maybe that's why it feels cobbled together. Because they were far more busy with the vacationing.
0: That being said, I still want to see this team, Donald Glover and Hero Mirai, do an actual feature-length movie. Because I think it'll be incredible. Because I really love Atlanta.
1: And Atlanta is better at this, but in terms of Guava Island, maybe get a writer that could write something for the women in the film. Instead of just kind of like, especially Rihanna, who just kind of sits there most of the time, which it's just odd. It's just yeah. Odd to have a, such a big name like Rihanna, who seems to have, I mean, I'm not a huge Rihanna fan, don't really follow her, but she seems to have a kind of big personality
0: mm-hmm and well then she i mean she also do anything also the fact that she's a musician and <laughs> uh, first and foremost she is a musician and she has no songs or anything in this like when when it was established near the beginning like oh this is going to be kind of a musical i was expecting to yeah, hear like they, rea- uh, at least yeah exactly like at least some song that involves her but no and
1: i, I mean, mean not only does she not sing anything she really doesn't dance at all either no no i thought thought there would at least be a small amount of dancing and there was a
0: there was a prime opportunity for it too the in the the scene when they're at the beach when the two of them are at the beach i was like oh here we go we're gonna get a a nice little duet here at the beach no
1: nope
0: no squandered opportunities there
1: left and right All right,
0: I think that's about it for Guava Island. What are you going to give this out of 10?
1: Uh, I give it like a four. All
0: right, I'm sitting at a five and a half, six on this. All
1: right, all right. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's on Amazon Prime, so if you're a Prime member, you can watch it for free. It is under an hour, so if if you are a Childish Gambino fan, then check it out because, you know, there's it's an interesting visual representation of the songs that you enjoyed on his last album. And they're sort of remixed a little bit too. So it's sort of new versions of those songs.
1: Uh, all right.
0: Let's move on and talk about our next movie family. This is directed by Laura Steinel. I have a synopsis here. Kate stone is career focused and enjoys her life that way. Her brash attitude keeps relationships at arm's length, making her an outcast in her own right. Uh, that, that, again, that's a not not a great synopsis. It's true. The, the words in the synopsis are true. But truthful it, words. It doesn't really shed any light on what this movie's actually about. This stars Taylor Schilling, Brian Tyree, Henry. Kate McKinnon. Uh who is the uh Allison uh Tolman's in there. Who is the I always forget the name of the the niece.
1: Oh Burnvale. Which I love on IMDb that she's like twentieth listed. Yeah.
0: What the hell is that all about? I don't know. Uh so I actually really enjoyed Family. I thought that this was a really light, fun indie comedy just to elaborate on the synopsis a little bit since I didn't think they did a terribly good job. Taylor Schilling does play this sort of workaholic. She does alienate all of those around her and she ends up having to take care of her niece for a few days while her brother and her sister-in-law deal with a family emergency and it turns out that her niece is a little bit of an outcast in her school she gets bullied uh she would rather take karate than ballet she loves chicken parm and love
1: love is not the right word she's dedicated (laughs) to chicken parm she loves
0: chicken parm she likes making weapons she's into weaponry (laughs) And she's a juggalo. She's an aspiring juggalo. She's into to ICP, juggalo for life. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, it's, it's one of those movies where there's a lot of learning, a lot of learning from each other happening going on here. That's sort of how it goes. But I thought that the, I thought that the comedy was on point. I thought it was really funny. And I thought that it was consistently funny, even in the, more sentimental moments. I still thought it, it remained funny throughout. Kevin, what'd you yeah. think of family?
1: Uh, I, I pretty much agree with you. I mean, I was kind of surprised by this one. I did, uh, I did find it, find it pretty humorous throughout. Um, my favorite, I think being the wonderful montage of them. And when she, she goes through, you know, she's wearing her cape and everything. Mm -hmm. And Her her weapons of nature that she makes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just the idea of all these weapons of nature that she comes up with is just fantastic. One thing, two things, okay, that kind of disappointed me. One, not a big deal. Not the movie's fault. More of an expectation thing on my end is I thought I had this understanding that Brian Tyree Henry was going to be in this more. And he's not like he's barely in it so that was a bit of a disappointment especially because he's kind of introduced early yeah which in something that seems like it's going to play like a bigger role and then he just kind of disappears for the rest of the movie which was it was disappointing karate but, pete yeah sensei pete <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> the, and the little montage of him and uh, Taylor Schilling, yeah, just getting drunk, and <laughs> getting, <karate.
0: laughs> getting drunk and doing karate. Getting
1: drunk and doing karate. So that, I mean, again, that's my fault, not the movie's fault. Uh, but the the only thing that I actually did that kind of confused me and just felt like a mess to me is Taylor Schilling's character. Like, I don't, like, she didn't make sense as a person. Like there was so much of this emphasis of her being like an outcast or something, but I never really got that sense. She was just an asshole. Like she was just a really awful person. But only at work, which was weird. Like she wasn't that awful outside of work. I mean, with Kate McKinnon character, yeah, but she was awful. So I understand that.
0: Well, she also seemed to not really be close to her family at all. Like, uh, the, I think that's one of the th- reasons that they introduced that subplot with her father, how he was in rehab and she didn't even know about it. And she was reluctant to help her brother out in his time of need. So it seems like that there was a, a lot of backstory happening there with her putting her career over everything, including her family I do agree with you that she seemed perfectly pleasant outside of work which yeah. which was a little bit of a weird character thing where yeah. if you act like that to people at your work it would stand a reason that you would act like that to everyone everywhere you go you know Yeah
1: and it wasn't really cuz they kept trying to frame it as this like oh, she's kind of bad in social settings
0: yeah she she actually she she even says that at one point she says that she has a tendency to say out loud what other people think what other people are thinking
1: but i never really got that sense from her she's just like she knew what she was doing in in social situations because she a lot of times she actually like dominates them and is just an outright asshole like she's not awkward, right? She's just, she's just terrible. She's a terrible person. Mm-hmm. She's very just weird. Yeah. It, yeah. it just, it didn't really jive. It, it didn't, it didn't seem to fit to me. Like there wasn't, I wasn't making that connection.
0: Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. Certainly it did lend itself for a lot of funny moments though. Like yes. the, like the macaroni grill thing and her, her like talking shit on her assistant living with her brother and it turns out he's a quadriplegic and just pretty much everything, everything, all the situations that she gets herself into and all the things that she says that immediately backfire in in her face. I was expecting more of the juggalo stuff to be honest, because they, they really marketed that very heavily. So I was kind of expecting, you know, the niece to already be into that, that lifestyle and that's not really how it was. It it, it turns out that she ends up leaving her at a gas station. (laughs) She forgets her and leaves her at a gas station for an extended period of time. And she befriends, what's his name? I can't remember his name.
1: Baby baby Joker,
0: baby Joker. She befriends baby Joker. Who's a juggalo. And that, that, uh, (laughs) begins her transformation into the juggalo lifestyle. And it does, so it does conclude at the gathering of the Juggalos too, which I thought was great.
1: Yeah. But you're right. I I, I was again, I was kind of sold on this idea that this was going to be kind of centered around Juggalos. Which, I mean, Juggalos are there, but it didn't seem to, you know, dominate as much of the runtime as I was expecting.
0: It's Yeah, that, that aspect of it took much more of a backseat to just her dealing with the, the the situation of trying to take care of her niece while still maintaining her, her duties at work and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it was a lot better than what I was expecting to be quite honest. I, I pretty much did enjoy myself almost the whole time. And I would well just to get back to the baby joker, I thought I thought he was pretty great. The Fabricio Guido who The rat tail. Oh my not only is it a rat tail, that sucker was like so long. (laughs) Super long rat tail. It was like fourteen inches, fifteen inches long. And I think it was braided. It was braided. It was. It's a braided rat tail. And just his whole demeanor and that initial uh sequence of them just him rolling up to her and just talking about snacks it's just so ridiculous and i loved it
0: there are a lot of little visual flourishes too that that i didn't expect uh i I loved the constant (laughs) degradation of the coffee maker where it starts (laughs) Just, the whole thing with the coffee maker, that, that through that, uh, that like running gag with that, I thought was great. And they did a lot of the sort of quick pans, you know, left, left and right pans to, to show character reactions and stuff that I thought worked And uh, quite One well. of my
1: favorite, one of my favorite is when they do the, the, the zoom when she roundhouse kicks <laughs> Yeah, that girl's school <laughs> and Lance in her stance. Just quick zoom on her face of determination.
0: Yeah. I must say that I was very surprised with this movie too. It looked funny. I liked the premise going into it, but I sort of expected maybe a middle of the road, Netflix style comedy. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I would say that it is definitely above that.
1: Yeah. And I thought it was going to be like a lot of things. And we talk about this all the time with comedies. I thought it was, you know, going to be front-loaded, mm-hmm. just yep, ton of jokes at the beginning, just setting this up, and then just uh, same old shit where you, people learn stuff about themselves. But it did a much better job. Yeah, than if, that. thank yeah, God.
0: They do, they do learn from each other, but it feels natural, and they don't, they don't skimp out, they don't drop the comedy. I mean the, the finale does take place at the gathering of the juggalos and
1: it's, <laughs> I love when they go to the to the 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 gas station and the guy's like oh Dennis is at the gathering and they explain what it is that as they're leaving the guy's just like sorry for your loss
0: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Oh my god. That's so funny. They they also one of the things that I didn't expect was actually that it was it was like the real Juggalos and they played a bunch of Insane Clown Posse music and Insane Clown Posse was actually in this movie. Yes, I, and when, they, they when actually I, play a role. Yeah, like when when, when I saw the trailer and when I first read about it, I was thinking that it was going to be like, oh well, they're probably not using like the actual icp stuff it's probably just like you know uh, a, a uh, like a facsimile of that like a copy of but it's not the actual music it's not the actual band but no like they got the rights and the permission to do all this and <laughs> they're in it and it's uh which which i was really happy with that, that they were able to do that and that <laughs> icp is in it and that scene when they're looking for at, at the <laughs> gathering is pretty funny. I like to see Taylor Schilling wearing full on juggalo makeup. Uh. And I love at the end when she's describing them as, uh, people who like to play with their spit and <laughs> listen to music about stabbing people and work at lids.
1: <laughs> she's like Once you can get past all that. Yeah. And I think, it, it, is it Maddie's mom? It's like it's a lot of things. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. She was, she, uh, she was great as as always. Allison Tolman, Kate McKinnon was pretty funny in it too. She plays this sort of soccer mom neighbor, always always bitching about the <laughs> the garage door being open, <laughs> and then of course disaster strikes.
1: Thank goodness. I was hoping I was hoping that garage door was going to get somebody.
0: I did also love what happened during the the resolution of that conflict between the two of them when she just <laughs> dri- gets in the car and drives away. <sighs> yeah, very funny. I I could see myself revisiting this in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely again far better than what I was expecting Mm -hmm. a pleasant surprise
0: yeah yeah it's it's light it's fun it's it's a good time Matt Walsh is in it too uh and he 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 plays a, a co-worker of uh Taylor Schilling's character and his son went around herding dogs and that was like another running gag and I loved that whole scene when she went to see him and, and how she just the kid with the cat—is <laughs> he okay with that cat? That that whole thing, and when they when she was leaving, and the kid, the other kid, was on the stairs staring at her.
1: So with the creepiest face.
0: <laughs> Loved it. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts about family?
1: Uh, the only thing, the only other criticism would be is like the dad thing. Just that was bizarre. Yeah, they just threw that in out of nowhere. One, it's just like okay.
0: Yeah, it was sort of just one scene that that crept in, and they didn't really go back to it. Uh, I
1: got gotcha. All right, yeah.
0: If I had a, a, any other nitpicks, it would be there was there was narration at the beginning, like there's some voiceover at the beginning, and that felt really, you know. How did I get myself in this situation? Like, (laughs) no.
1: This record scratch freeze frame. Yeah,
0: I I just don't... You might
1: be wondering how did I end up at the gathering of the Juggalos.
0: I didn't think that was necessary, and I didn't think that it was necessary to start the movie with the beginning of that.
1: Yeah, because it's like, obviously, I I do want to know. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm watching it.
0: I I think it would have been more effective if they just ended with at the gathering of the juggalos because we wouldn't have expected it probably.
1: Yeah. Cause that's, that's the thing that I hate about the whole teasing. The ending is I, I know where we're going.
0: Right. I think, it, I think it would have been a much more fun surprise to be like, Oh, they're actually going to be, I mean, I don't know if it was shot at the real gathering of the juggalos, but it definitely looked like it. Oh well, yeah. It I think it up. was, I think it had to be the Fago. <laughs> fago everywhere
1: (laughs) they waste a lot of fago
0: they just they pour that shit everywhere maybe that's why they maybe that's why they chose fago because it's like the cheap it's like the cheap stuff so they can afford to just be dumping it everywhere
1: i just the only thing i can think of with this this is my main concern you're dumping that shit all over your body it gets sticky and i'm just thinking of like all the hornets and the wasps in that area.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a concern.
1: It's got to be a fucking nightmare.
0: Outdoor festival and there's fago everywhere.
1: All over your body, all over your person. You are covered in drying tacky fago.
0: If you went there, even if you didn't want to douse yourself in fago, odds are it would luck.
1: happen to you anyway. Yeah. And it's not even even if you somehow by some, if you pray super hard and you get not a drop of fago on you, you're still surrounded by people, yeah. encased in dry fago, that is going to attract bees, wasps, hornets, yellow jackets, <laughs> ants, all, all sorts of things. It's just I don't know. I I don't understand how it's not just people flailing their arms around and just just deathly afraid wasp,
0: I have a feeling if I went to one of those, I would the the entire time I would be focused on not having anything spilled or dumped on me, and I would be the one who gets stung.
1: Oh, congratulations! You would last like two seconds. I'm kidding me?
0: <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine me going to the gathering of the Juggalos? <laughs> it's just, oh, uh, I'm so neurotic about everything. I'd be like freaking out the whole time.
1: I can tell you right now I would have my second stroke. (laughs) Uh,
0: all right, let's give family a score. I think I'm sitting at a seven and a half on this one.
1: I give it a, give it a seven.
0: There you go. Family is going to be in limited release this Friday. All right, let's talk about someone we'll be watching. I think, is it my turn this week? I, th- I think so. I think it is pretty sure it is. I saw body at Brighton rock. This comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, this is a sort of a, an isolated thriller. It's directed by Roxanne Benjamin. She did a segment in Southbound and she did a segment in that XX movie. Both, okay. both horror anthologies. I can't recall which segment she did in Southbound, but, I do remember liking all of those segments. So I'm sure that the one that she did, I liked this movie starts off really strong, but it quickly falls apart as, as it progresses. It's, it's about a young trail guide who works at Brighton rock. And she just, she swaps roles with one of her coworkers. So she, she typically does the, like the kitty trail. She does the, the easy beginner trails and her friend does the more advanced trails and her friend is, uh, I guess dating this other trail guide or something. And so she volunteers to swap places so her friend can be near her boyfriend. She takes the more advanced trail. And first of all, they tell her like, I don't think you should do this. I don't know if you're ready for this. And of course she insists like I'm, I'm definitely ready. I can do this she gets lost right away like she loses her map and she gets lost almost immediately there's this like kind of sequence where she's this montage where she's walking the trail she's dancing she's listening to music she's posting up flyers and signs like you know instructional signs and safety signs and stuff and then she thinks she knows where she is so she texts her friend turns out she's not there she's not at hitchback or whatever the name of the little peak is that she thinks she's at. And she's like, okay, well just follow you know, this to, so you can get back to the main area. And when she's about to do that, she sees a dead body. Oh boy. She calls it in and they tell her that she has to stay with the body until the park rangers arrive because it may be a crime scene. So she ends up having to spend the night there next to this dead body, and it causes a lot of problems for her—mental uh, problems, psychological problems. Not only that, but she has to contend with uh, nature. If you see the poster, you might um, you might see a little hint of what she has, what she's up against, and it just doesn't work. Like the. nothing not not a lot makes sense logistically it's a movie set in modern times but all the music is from the 80s so like at first i thought it was an 80s it was set in the 80s and that would have worked a lot better because because it's in modern times she does have a cell phone but then they have to like explain oh her battery died and her gps wasn't working and blah 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 and it's just like just make it set in the eighties. Like this is a type of movie that takes place in the woods and the outfits they're wearing could easily be from the eighties to begin with. So there's no reason to set it in modern times. And the other thing is like, they like she's this young inexperienced trail guide and, and they're telling her that the park rangers can't get to her until the next day. It's it, doesn't even make any sense. Like how could she have walked that far in, in that amount of time? Yeah. And the horror elements are all very cheap, tons and tons of unearned jump scares that are nothing. Like they, they're all like music, like score based jump scares that happen Mm. that, that yield nothing. And the, Mm. the actual horror elements are they, they end up proving to be like completely irrelevant to the story. Really? Like none of like, are we to believe she had a complete mental breakdown when she saw this dead body and discovered that she was going to have to spend the night out there. And it this was all just like a delusion that she was having, but then it does end pretty strong when the aforementioned nature uh, scene happens. I don't want to give it away, but you can probably all guess what happens, and that's that's done really well. So, in the end, it's a little bit mediocre, but it it does have some interesting elements. I'll have a review up for this shortly. That's Body at Brighton Rock.
1: I watched a doozy. I don't know if you've heard of this, but Between Worlds with yeah. Nicholas Cage. Have you seen this?
0: I have not. I I mean, I know about it, but it's—he plays like a truck driver, right? And like his, yeah, yeah, buddy. His wife dies, and she sure does. Like she, her spirit inhabits a -hmm. young woman. Is that
1: yes? Yep.
0: Okay, that's
1: it. Is uh, it's currently on Netflix? So if you don't have anything to do, this is what you should do. Uh, he plays a truck driver. He's ridiculous looking. He's got a little bit of a beard. He's got long hair. He's he's doing Nick Cage. I don't know if, it, if this was something born out of Mandy, where he's just he's really into that like role, but it, it felt like a continuation of that role, just like his presence. So he plays a truck driver. He had a wife and a young daughter. They died. Um... And he comes across another truck driver who is, uh, what's her name? Franca Potent. The woman from Lola Run. Oh, God. Is it Run Lola Run? Yeah. Yeah. So she's a truck driver. You're introduced to her because she's being choked, she's being strangled, and Nick Cage saves the day. Now, the problem is. Is that she actually wanted to be strangled? Because this is a this is her her power. You strangle her, she's able to go to the other side, and then she can help spirits get back to their bodies. So her young daughter is in a coma, and has to get you know got to get spirit back in the body, got to chaperone them back. I guess they tend to wander, but see the problem is when she went to go do that, Nick Cagley's first wife snuck in there while she was off trying to locate her daughter had to bring her back. Nick Cage's wife comes through from the side, jumps in the body, takes it. And now the, the young daughter who's actually Nick Cage's wife has the hots for Nick Cage, but Nick Cage is staying there to help out his new love interest, which is the truck driver. It's, it's so ridiculous but it also kind of it's kind of wild It it's not kind of wild it's 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 insane um there's it feels it feels very much like a 90s throwback and even the score is done by angelo betta so it even kind of has like a it feels very the music at least feels very twin peaks mm. so it has that going for it nick cage is weird as usual not entirely. This isn't, you know, like a top tier Nick Cage just being let loose. But he does like he when he first talks to Franca, he like he's like, I have a family, this is my wife and daughter. She's like, Oh, they're cute. He goes, Oops, they're dead. It's just like who does that? <laughs> who does that in the first time that they're speaking to someone? Talks about their dead <laughs> their dead family that way. Mm. But uh, it turns out that Nick Cage's wife had some mental issues, so uh, she won't leave the body. So things get things get a bit crazy. It is, oh, it is, it's fucking wild. I don't know how I feel about. Like it's not, it's terrible, but it's not like okay. it's actually surprisingly not too bad mm, okay. in its execution. I mean, it feels cheap in a lot of ways, but I don't know. It's definitely, I have to recommend it because you have to see it to believe it. Like, I don't think you can really do it justice.
0: I didn't know this was on Netflix, so I'm definitely going to give it a look.
1: Oh, man, you are in for it. He, at one one point, he has uh, sex with the young daughter. And apparently what they used to do was when they were having sex, he would recite poetry from a book. So he's, he has the book in his hand. He's reading the poetry while he's having sex. And the cover of the book is memories by Nicholas cage.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Going to see this.
1: Uh, it's something else, man.
0: I can't wait for prisoners of the ghost land. The, uh, the one that he's starring in directed by she and Sono. oh God. He said, Cage said, it's the wildest movie I've ever made. And that's saying something. And it's going to be She and Sono's English language debut. Holy crap.
1: Yeah. The only thing that that worries me about that is I don't think Nicolas Cage remembers most of his film productions.
0: It could be. He probably remembers the ones that count. He probably remembers the big
1: ones. Between Worlds, I don't think he remembers this one. (laughs) I think he was drunk for most of it. All right.
0: I I saw The Iguana with the Tongue of Fire. This is directed by Ricardo Frida. It's a giallo if you couldn't tell from that title.
1: I knew. Yeah. Real ones, no.
0: (laughs) This one takes place in Dublin. So different locale, not in Italy. Entirely Italian cast for the most part. but it does take place in Dublin was shot in Dublin too. This movie is pretty bad for Giallo standards. This is, this is pretty bad. It's, it's essentially just a derivative product of all of the other popular Giallo movies that were coming out during this time. I don't know if I mentioned it it came out in 1971. So it was very shortly after uh, the, the bird with the crystal plumage And clearly that's why they were, they were, they were trying to make carbon copies of, of, uh, that Argento's film. And this movie is, uh, I can't even tell you what's going on in this movie. It is the most convoluted, incomprehensible Giallo movie I've ever seen. There are like 35 characters and each one of them could be the killer. It's, Which is funny because it's a, it's a mystery, right? It's a, it's a serial killer going around, killing people. You don't know who the killer is. And the whole movie is red herrings. Like it's nothing but red herring after red herring. You think it's this guy. Oh no, it's this guy. And then there's like one scene where it just shows a random person who happens to have the same sunglasses and black gloves as the killer And it's just like a guy who's taking pictures and you're like, Oh, maybe it's that random guy. They just did this crash zoom in on, on this like mountain peak. Who's taking pictures of these people who are the victims, but no, it's not that random guy. It turns out it was the brother of uh, this, this other character, a guy who I don't think we saw in the, in the movie at all up until the end when he's revealed Yes, it's Love it. which, but but it's also funny because at least on Letterboxd, I'm not sure on IMDb, but the the poster is a picture of the killer, like the the killer, he's unmasked and everything. It's just him on the on the front cover, and it's like a it's a shot from the the end of the movie. So it's like, well, we know that this guy's the killer. We're, we're seeing him on the cover, so why are we getting all these red herrings about it? Uh, could it be this woman? Oh no. Cause for a while you think it's a woman, but it turns out it's, it's a guy and he's wearing a wig and clothing oh to make it look like it's his sister.
1: Oh uh, yeah. yeah. He fooled him for a while.
0: Uh, so this came out on arrow last week. It's pretty bad. I, I can't really recommend it. It's, it's, uh, Especially for someone who isn't already a fan of Giallo films and doesn't and hasn't seen a lot of them, I feel like if if you haven't seen many Giallo films, going into this one will turn you off of them because it's just it's pretty ridiculous.
1: Mm. This is one of those like completionist type deals, huh?
0: Yeah, I you guess. There, really I guess there's there's a little bit of a cult following for this one. I think because of just how for, just how complex the plot is and that nobody can quite understand what's going on or the decisions that are made with the characters. Yes.
1: Uh, I, I got to cross one off a list here uh, for the longest time. Always heard about the night of the Hunter Charles hmm. Lawton's only film. only got to make one film and it's everyone's it's such a fucking travesty that 1955 this movie came out and it tanked it was an absolute failure and they never let him they never let Chuck direct again just said nope not doing it so apparently at some point in time within you know the last couple of years or whatever it was kind of like reclaimed you know kind of taking another look at it fresh eyes started being heralded as a classic and it's an incredible piece of work. Oh, man. Uh, I did not see that movie. I was kind of surprised at what I did watch, which I felt was just like, there's flashes of brilliance here and there, especially in the filmmaking. Like the guy definitely had skill. So it would have been interesting to see what he did in subsequent movies, but we'll never know. Because uh, he is he is able to get some stuff together, um, some great shot compositions, some great cinematography. Uh, he utilizes shadows really really well, but like the actual structure of the film and the film's writing is just there's a lot to be desired. It's it's a mess. Uh, they're just jumping around. It seems like he's just kind of you know setting up a scene to hit a major plot point. And then we just cut to another one and another one and another one. So it kind of comes off like really choppy and the ending is absolutely terrible. And one of the other things that people really seem to enjoy about this movie is uh, Robert Mitchum apparently gives a, a fantastic, absolutely incredible performance. Cause he plays this like serial killing preacher down South and it's just really Mitchum just hamming it up, just going nuts, hamming it up, and uh, I just I couldn't get into it. And especially there's one scene where he's shot, and I can't for the life of me figure out what the decision was. Like he gets shot and he starts like screaming and yelping, and like he just runs away, but he's doing making all these noises. It's just it just comes off as very uh unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's to me, it, I thought it was a mess. I don't think it's a classic. I mean, again, obviously Charles Laughton had some, had some skills. He definitely had talent. So it's a shame we never got to see that in subsequent films, but I don't think that this was, you know, a largely misunderstood masterpiece back in 1955. I don't think it was also a failure, but it was somewhere in the in-between.
0: I see. I saw Scared Stiff from 1987. This is directed by Richard Freeman. Uh, This is a movie that was largely forgotten for many, many years, and it came out on VHS, but it never got any kind of DVD release or anything like that. I believe it came out on Laserdisc too, but there weren't any kind of modern releases for this. And Arrow picked it up and they restored it. They did a new 2K restoration from the original negatives. They tracked down the original negatives and uh, did, did a really nice restoration on it. And they're going to be releasing it on Blu-ray in, in I think maybe a week or two. And the this movie was... not what I hoped for at all. I was thinking this was going to be some kind of crazy bonkers eighties monster movie with a lot of like supernatural elements and stuff. It it revolves around this uh, couple who are, they're taking their relationship to the next level. They're, they're buying a house together. She has a son from a previous relationship and She's a a famous pop singer, he's a psychiatrist who works at the local institution and they so they move into this old plantation house in Florida and it turns out it's haunted. This plantation yes. house is haunted. And the it's haunted by the former plantation owner who was absolutely a brutal monster to the the slaves that he kept and he comes back and possesses the, the guy who's played by Andrew Stevens and the guy sort of just runs amok and he sort of possesses also possesses everyone in the institution and then try he kills a whole bunch of people and then he tries to kill his girlfriend I don't think they're married. I think, and, and it ki- uh, kills the the kid. And the thing is the movie itself is this really dry sort of boring, just dull mystery for 90% of the movie. Cause he doesn't get possessed until towards the very end. And it's just him and his girlfriend trying to figure out what's going on. Like what the history is behind this, this house And they're finding like skeletons in their basement and stuff. And then weird stuff like poltergeist type stuff starts happening in the house. And it's all pretty bland until the end. Once he gets possessed, things just get ratcheted up to a crazy level. I mean, there's like giant, (laughs) giant Indian heads that are like barreling down hallways at people and uh pianos that are like are alive and then there's these like creatures that are coming out after them and it's just like this wild board of practical effects and it gets really fun at the end it's so over the top and gory and it, it feels nothing like the previous hour and it's it's great but I can't recommend it because you have to get through to that point. Like it was too little, too late everything up until it felt almost like the, that movie, the skeleton key, which I didn't like that movie either, but then the end, it takes a pretty wild turn. So yeah, scared stiff. Can't really recommend that too much. (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe there's like a YouTube clip that just has the end that you can watch (laughs) cuz that's worth seeing.
1: That's what it's all about. That's where all the gold is.
0: Yeah. Giant props, just giant. Like it gets really surreal and it's just trippy and like the guy explodes into this like creature and yes. Th- like when when everybody gets possessed at the institution for some reason, I don't know why, but the one of the patients has a giant zipper on his head and he undoes the zipper and peels the top of his head off. And you can see his brain. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, Again, that's scared stiff. And that'll be out in uh, I think maybe a week or two on arrow Blu-ray.
1: I would be very happy if every horror movie ended that way. Yeah. Just no matter what the horror movie is
0: just over the top mayhem,
1: just the last 10 minutes just goes, takes a sharp left turn into surrealism and just affects out the wazoo yeah that's what this one does for sure i want that in every horror movie maybe even just some serious dramas too that'd be nice hell yeah <laughs> just imagine like the king's speech last 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> just fucking gets nuts god that'd be great
0: all right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. We have Breakthrough, Breakthrough or Breakthrough. I think it's Breakthrough. It. Okay. This what is are they,
1: what are they what are they breaking through? The
0: ice. Oh. They're breaking through the ice.
1: Gotcha. It's
0: a faith based movie, but this is okay. like this is like a biggie. This is like a big time faith based movie. Twentieth Century Fox is releasing this, and it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tells the true story of this kid who, like, falls into a lake, AC mm-hmm. lake, and he ends up in a coma, and then he wakes up. I guess. Okay. So you know,
1: not that special power That's of, happened to a lot of people.
0: Power of prayer and all that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what did it. Yeah. That's what did it. There's
0: nothing medical involved. No,
1: it's the the fact that he got to lay in a hospital.
0: was has nothing
1: to do with it. The wonders
0: of the human body.
1: Fucking put him on a pallet, like out in the forest, and pray and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Pallet. Oh,
0: man. Uh, We also have Disney Nature's Penguins coming out. It's their latest uh, nature documentary. Have you been watching, have you watched any of the Our Planet documentary series on Netflix?
1: Oh, hell yeah, buddy. I penciled, I penciled that on my calendar, old school style. I can't do it, man. I can't get through it. It is too, no. it's
0: too horrific. Like, it's so, it really affects me. Like, the, the first episode, I believe it was, with the flamingos and a little baby flamingo. I didn't see that one. What's the first episode? I pick. Oh, I'd pick. You, oh, you pick and choose, huh?
1: I pick and choose. All right, I go with what I, what the things that interest me the most down to the least.
0: Okay. Right. Well, the the first episode has a horrible scene involving flamingos, and the second episode, the did you see the one with the walruses?
1: I I heard of it. Oh my uh, god! So, so it crushed the walrus me. That, the Walrus episode immediately went to the bottom of the pile. It crushed and now, me. And now you're telling me that the Flamingo episode also to the well, bottom
0: the, of the pile. So that episode is good all except for one one scene. The oh, yeah. second episode, the one with the walruses, has a few scenes that are just absolutely heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. But
0: so, especially the walrus scene. Holy crap. I, I, so, I was just... I couldn't even handle, I couldn't function as a human after that sequence.
1: So the, when flamingos show up and or a walrus shows up, I just accidentally hit the PS4 controller. Right. That makes it skip ahead.
0: The, the walrus segment is actually really fascinating at the beginning, but it's the end that is really heart wrenching. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else we have here. Um, The Curse of La Jorna.
1: Oh, God, this movie looks so bad. It
0: does. Yeah, it's a horror movie, supernatural horror movie. I see Under the Silver Lake listed here. I'm I'm assuming that's some kind of limited release. We have Little Woods coming out.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, that one looks interesting. I heard good things. Drunk Parents.
1: Oh, that's going to be wacky.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. They're gonna do things you don't expect. They're like they're like, hey, parents shouldn't be acting like this. They're they're not acting like typical parents. These are they're gonna they're drunk yeah. parents.
1: They're gonna be raunchy. I can feel it. Yeah. Swearing and whatnot.
0: We have Hail Satan. This is the latest documentary from uh Penny Lane. I like nice. Penny I like Penny Lane's stuff quite a bit. And this documentary is really solid. I'd recommend checking it out.
1: I think that's We'll probably, we'll be checking it
0: out. Yeah. Uh, the most interesting takeaway from Hail Satan is that by the end, I realized that I may be a Satanist. <laughs> and I think a lot of people will come to that realization after they see this movie. Gotcha. We have Rafiki coming out. And we have...
1: Oh, nice. I've been looking forward to that one.
0: Fast Color. We got...
1: Another one.
0: Red Joan. You looking forward to that know. one? No, no.
1: It's the streak is over.
0: <laughs> uh, Hagazusa.
1: That sounds fun to say.
0: Hagazusa.
1: So let me try it real quick. Hagazusa.
0: Yeah, it is fun.
1: It felt good. It's one of those
0: just rolls right off the tongue. The movie itself doesn't look too too much fun though. It's a it's a horror movie. Albie, Al, what is this? In a remote Alpine village in the 15th century, the orphan. Albrun grows up to become a marked woman. Oh, the scapegoat of ancient superstitions and monstrous misogyny. This self-styled, witch begins to assert her otherworldly birthright.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. It looks, it looks like there's a little bit of kind of surreal horror elements going on in it. I am interested in this. I'm, I'm might be checking this out. We have daddy issues. Uh, that's a comedy grass family stuck which is a musical about six people stuck on a train in new york i think it's in new york it's based on a stage play nice be natural the untold story of alice okay and it looks like that's pretty much it for theaters let's take a look at what we have on vod this week Master of Dark Shadows. This is a documentary about Dark Shadows, the TV series. Yeah, I'll be skipping that one. I hated Dark Shadows, man. Mm. Oh, boy, did I hate that show. Mary Magdalene. Uh, That's the one with uh, Rooney Mara, I believe, and Joaquin Phoenix. Someone Great is going to be on Netflix. Daddy Issues. uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Red Joan, and it looks like that's pretty much it for VOD, and Blu-ray. We have Glass coming out. This is the M. Night Shyamalan one. I had mild interest in this, but then it got pretty much eviscerated by critics, so I was like, nah, I'll I'll wait. I'll I'll, I'll give it a look now that it's come. Yeah, I'll give it a look now.
1: Wait wait no longer. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Malibu Express from 1985. Uh, Kioma from 1976 is coming out on Arrow. Mm. Smokey and the Bandit 2 is getting a Blu-ray release. Uh, (laughs) The Kid Who Would Be King is coming out. I'm going to give this a look this week. I might give this a look today, actually.
1: That was one of those those, uh, surprises.
0: Yeah, a lot. No. I,
1: I mean, it, I think mm-hmm.
0: the trailers looked bad, and there's no yeah. doubt about that. But the uh, the director was it Joe Cornish? Is that his name?
1: The guy who did so.
0: the guy who did Attack the Block. This is his much anticipated follow up to that, so that's why I'm I'm curious about it.
1: I heard pretty much nothing but good. Yeah, things.
0: no, same here, same here. We have replicas. This is that sci-fi one starring Keanu Reeves. It's supposed to be pretty bad. Hmm. Got the snake pit from
1: 1948. Hell
0: yeah. Uh, That's pretty much all I'm seeing. What about Criterions?
1: Oh, we have one Criterion. And that's the debut from Czech New Wave director. Jan Nemec, 1964, Diamonds of the Night. So you get uh, got a new interview in there, got a video essay, new subtitle translation, uh, his student thesis film, got student thesis films as special features now.
0: Hmm. It's
1: fucking wild.
0: Do we know how it's working with the Criterion Channel yet? Like, are these coming out day and date with the Criterion Channel, or is it like sort of a random thing?
1: I think it's kind of a it's it's a little difficult because it seems like the Criterion channel is still like they're still changing things and like adding things Mm -hmm. to their website. Because I know like the first first or second day that it came out, there was a, you know, what's playing. And that was about and like a search. And now they have this all films section that they added where it's just like all the films and you can filter them because they do it kind of like uh you know they have like programs where one was like columbia noir where it's noir films from columbia and you would click on that and it would have like eight or nine titles
0: are these all because i I haven't signed up yet are they all criterion releases or do they have other things as well that aren't currently on criterion
1: yeah they have they have all sorts of stuff and they, I think they made, I can't remember everyone, but they have agreements with, like, the one that I can remember is Grasshopper Films, I think. Mm-hmm. So you have some of their titles on there. But there its it's a nice collection of stuff. So it's essentially it's, Filmstruck. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but much better website than Filmstruck was. Because Filmstruck was a nightmare.
0: Cool. Very cool. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rickstraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.